everyone, this is the Creativity Cocktail. This is Winston. I am unbelievably excited today to have Laura King with us. I want to make sure that, um, first of all, thank you, Laura, for being part of this conversation. I really thank you so much for this. Um, but I'm, I'm going to introduce Laura here for us all. So Laura is a playwright, dramaturg, director and editor. She holds an MFA in playwriting with a concentration in dramaturgy from the Hollis Playwrights Lab and a master's in English from Northwestern University. She is the Atlanta region representative of the Dramatist Guild and chair of the Publications Committee for the Southeast Theater Conference. Laura's full-length plays, Independence Day and Happy Meadows and the Harmony Baptist Church Ladies Auxiliary Christmas Jubilee are available for licensing through stage rights. Her play, Cayuga Canal Girls, is a winner of the 2020 AACT New Play Fest. Laura also serves as the literary associate for Youth Plays, which has published many of her plays for young audiences. And for more, she's got her website, and we're going to share her website here. So, Laura, it's amazing to have you here today. I am so excited to have you. So say hello to our audience for us. Hello. Oh, and thank you for having Winston. I'm I'm honored to be here and excited. This, this, this is fantastic to have you part of our conversation here today. So let's kick it off. So usually, Laura, when I'm having this conversation with colleagues and create creatives, I ask them this question. And so I need your help with this. So this question is okay. when you're about to write and you're about to prepare to craft your new, your latest masterpiece, what tool... <laughs> <laughs> what tools do you use? Use a tool? Do you use a software? Is it an environment? Is it a scenario where you need a certain kind of music or you need an environment? Tell us about when you're ready to be creative, what starts you off? What's that? What kicks you off to, to be uh, creative? All those things. I, I have this thing that I do that I sort of have to trick myself to get myself to start writing. So I think writers tend to get in their way more than anybody else does. So I set a time limit. I set this time, it's usually about two hours, and I give myself two hours to write whatever I want to write without stopping myself, without editing myself, criticizing myself, you know, without saying, oh, that's ridiculous. Who would ever want to hear this play, you know, see this play? So I give myself permission to just write anything, no matter how crazy it is. So that's the first thing I do when I sit down to write. Um, Tool-wise, yeah, you know, I, I, I use Final Draft. I, I like it. I th just think it's easy to use now that I've figured it out. You know, in the beginning it was a little difficult, but <laughs> but now I can, you know, get my template up and start working yeah. and... Yeah, I can't listen to music. I can't listen to music when I when I'm writing for some reason. I just have to have complete silence. That is so interesting. I was talking to someone recently and they have to have music. So it's like just as us as creators, we just have to find what's great for us. And and I do like the time limit uh portion that you mentioned here. That is so cool. A two hour block of time. That is yep. phenomenal. And the thing I also liked is that you just don't edit yourself because we have such a tendency to edit ourselves as we go along. I know I do. And it, it takes such willpower to just keep writing. Oh, it's, no it's hard. What. And I'm an editor for a living. So it's really hard 
hard for me not to edit myself because that's what I do. It, it is really such a challenge here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I just mentioned your your um, your your bio and all the things that you're involved in. Tell us about like right now. Tell us about what's going on right now, and then we can kind of go backwards from there. Like what what are you up to right now? Sure, I finished directing my TYA play, play my theater for young audience play. It's called Meridan and the Mighty Oak. And we have filmed it, which that was quite the challenge in itself. You know, this whole thing with Zoom theater and filming theater, it's, it's yes. all new to me. So yeah, it's going to run at Theater Make. It's going to run virtually from April 15th to 18th. Um, so tickets available, theatermaking.com. And we're hoping to get together a field trip as well for students so that not that they'll come into the theater, but that they can, you know, pay for the rights to stream. I've written a study guide for the play. Um, it's, wow. it's really for children, probably about third grade and up. So um, that was just a labor of love for me. I, I'd like directing. I usually like directing my own work, especially yeah. when it's the first time. Um, I always learn a lot. You know, I learn a lot wow. about the play when I start to direct it. So, so that was fun. And uh, let's see. Before you do um, that. You had mentioned Cayuga. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the challenge of, of doing a Zoom play, that sounds like a real new exercise for all of us. Tell us about that real quick before you tell us oh what my else. God, I was, yeah, I was so, because the artistic director at Theater Macon, Richard Frazier, he has really jumped into this whole new way of presenting work. Um, and, you know, just out of desperation, I think so many people are having to figure this out on the fly. And so he's, you know, bought you know, some kind of software I know nothing about. And um, he had like a, set up with we had four ipads going getting different angles and you know we were marking out the um the sight lines through cameras we had a little effect in the play we were all really nervous about but that part is kind of great because if it doesn't go well you can film it again <laughs> <laughs> so that, that part that, was nice that is an upside yes <laughs> wow <laughs> that is upside so you're about to tell us more about some other things you're up to. Sure, yeah. sure. I mentioned Cayuga Canal Girls and that full-length play for adults that I had written. It was one of uh, the six winning plays at the American Association of Community Theater New Play Festival. Now, it won right when COVID hit. It was oh, no. supposed to be produced last March. It is now finally going to be produced this October at um, the Phoenix Stage Company in Oakville, Connecticut. So I was just talking to the director today. He said, we're set. We're set for October 2nd opening. So I'm really excited by that. The whole cast is just hung in there with us as, I mean, it, things were bad in, in Connecticut. Yeah. And so they're finally getting to the point they've survived, you know, as a small community theater, they've survived and, and they're going to produce it in October, which is just really exciting. And I'm so excited to go out there and see them all again because they worked really hard. Yeah, I'm excited so, about the whole world at this point. You know, oh, yeah. I think that we've, we've got such a chance these days. I've, I've, we both are here in Georgia and I recently got a chance to, um, to sign up for an appointment for me to get my vaccine. 
And so I am, I am so thrilled. It's like two or three weeks away. It's like well, April something, but I'm so glad to get it because I need to get out in the world. I just oh, do. <laughs> me too. Well, you're talking to me on a great day because I just got my second shot today. Woohoo! Congratulations. That's phenomenal. Wow. I know. I'm so happy. So I feel like I have to like stay really focused for two weeks and go out in the world. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting that our conversations these days have changed from what they used to be to now when I talk to people, the question now becomes, well, what did you get? Did you get Moderna or Pfizer? <laughs> like, <laughs> six months ago, we would have never even thought of that as a thing. But now it's like an icebreaker conversation. <laughs> like, oh no. I'm I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait for Johnson and Johnson. I know it's oh, yeah. not like hi. What do you do? It's hi. Did you get your shot? <laughs> oh, that's right. You know, I I, I did this interesting thing because I believe that we're going to have to show our papers at some point. So I went on Amazon and got these little holders that are supposed to be delivered. These little plastic holders to put my vaccine in, so I can put it on my head like a lanyard, or you know, one of those things that you put on when you're getting a pass to go into a place, <laughs> so I could just walk around. Here's my shot. <laughs> exactly. I know. I want to laminate my little card they gave me. I'm like, yep, I'm clear. That's right. I, I am under this belief, Laura, that at some point people are going to be asking us whether we got shots or not, and, and we're going to have to produce. Our certificate. Yep. <laughs> we, we got a shot. I think that's true. I do. I know. They're talking about passports, like shot passports and all that stuff. Oh, so. yes. I, I totally believe that. And I believe that, you know, for those of us who are into like phones and all of that, it's going to be on your phone. There's going to be some kind of yes. QR code on your phone that people are going to scan. The reason why I believe this is true, because I know they're doing that in China and in other parts of the world where people have to, before they can go into a, a, a restaurant or a theater, they have to scan you on a QR code. Oh, my gosh. That seems so weird. Yes, I can see that coming. That is the, what are you, 1984 New World Order, something like yes. that. <laughs> yes. That is. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's interesting about COVID because I, I think, okay, it's been a year, and I think about creative people, you know, and, and what they've had to do to sort of mentor vibe this, not just, you know, keeping your businesses going, but mentally what it's done to us. And a friend of mine yeah. said, well, well, this is the time you can either Zoom writing or, or you can house and just start writing. I think that's what I did for a long time. And it was nice in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 I think that that we're going to see a we're going to see an explosion of work here in the near future. Those things that were scuttled or or put on hiatus because of the pandemic, and then this energy that people are going to feel because they see the hope of the times, and they're going to like start writing stuff that they've been just circulating in their mind for longer. So I think that 2021, 2022 are going to be boom times for creatives. I, I really do. Yep. You know, I really do. So tell us a little bit yeah. about your path. It'll be, it will you, be. Yeah. You went to Northwestern University. So tell us, I mean, you've done a lot, Laura. This has been really um, awesome. Tell us a little bit about your journey as a creative. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, well, many years ago, you know, like most people who fall in love with theater, they they start on stage. So I love a lot of acting when I was younger, and then, then uh, I got married, had my daughter, and it was like, well, I can't keep doing this. I got to raise my child. So I sort of stepped oh. back for a long time. Um, and then I missed it. And we ended up here in Georgia. And I thought, what can I do? So I, I did a show. I performed in a show, but it was just too difficult because I was between Atlanta and Macon. So that drive just about oh. killed me. Yeah. Wow. So wow. I couldn't do the that. Show was, I was, the show was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. The show was in Atlanta. Oh, wow. And I know it was all, it was intense. And so, mm -hmm. and I still had a, a child. So I tried to figure out what I could do to be creative. So I took a playwriting class and I fell in love. I just fell wow. in love with it. And that's when I decided, okay, well, if I'm going to be serious about this, I, I need to get educated um, along line of teachers so yeah. i'm a firm believer in education me, and me too. i hey. wow. yeah good <laughs> <laughs> and that's when i went to hollands university in roanoke virginia and they have a great mfa program where um it's four it's four to five summers really intensive work um and by the end have your mfa in writing and it was wow. just really life-changing and I'm, I just loved it. And then I came back here and just in January, I moved to Decatur. So I'm hoping I can really be sort of close and in close proximity to, to where a lot of theater is happening in Georgia. That, that is so awesome. I, I, I think so many great things are going to occur. So you're the regional rep here of the Dramatist Guild of America, and we are both members of that. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Dramatist Guild. Know what the Dramatist Guild is. It's the trade association. Um, that's a bit for anyone that writes for the theater. So if you're a playwright or a composer, lyricist, librettist, um, that's who the Dramatist Guild represents. And they're there to protect the rights of dramatists, both um, artistic rights and economic rights, you know, to make sure um, that your work is, is not being manipulated in a way that it shouldn't be, and that you're getting paid for your work. Um, yeah, that's so a big thing it is, and it's really hard, especially for dramatists, because we don't sell our work, right? We license the use of our work. So, yeah. I mean, you know, how many of us in, you know, middle school or high school had, had teachers who said, oh, just cross out those stage directions or, oh, we'll just change the line here or there. That's not good. <laughs> Please don't do yeah, that. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the Dramatist Guild protects us in that way. They can offer us business advice. They have a lot that on the website, they have a lot of really good model contracts. So if you are a new playwright and a theater wants to use your work and, and they want you to sign a contract, the Dramatist Guild is a good resource to make sure that contract is legitimate and ethical. And two, uh, two things I really want to mention about the Dramatist Guild. Uh, we have a foundation, the Dramatist Guild Foundation, and they have some grants that are available, which is really important right now in this time of COVID. So they have yeah. emergency yeah. relief grants to dramatists in need. 
and they have uh, Steven Schwartzberg grants for mental health support. And that's for anyone who's written for the stage. So any level. So if that's something that, you know, any listeners feel a need for, check out the Dramatist Guild website, dramatistguild.com, and you can find information about all that. And wow. and Winston, are you doing end of play? That's our next big Dramatist Guild event. End of yes, play. Yes. Yeah, it starts April 1st, right? Uh, last year was our first year that we did it. So this will be our second year. And it's just to get people writing. So it's low pressure. Anybody can do it. You don't even have to be a member of the Dramatist Guild to do it. You can join with your region, like our Atlanta region. And we're going to have a kickoff event on March 31st, where we're just going to talk about the things we want to work on for that month. And the goal is to finish writing either a full-length play, uh, writing two one-act plays, completing a second draft. I mean, writing, you know, songs for your musical. You can set your own goals. And we're just the community to sort of support you through that and encourage you and cheer you on. This is awesome. I will definitely be part of this. I love these kind of things. I love these kind of things. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm, it's cool. I'm hearing myself in stereo, which is awesome. <laughs> so Laura, so tell, tell us about like who these days are inspiring you, like whether they're creators or writers or or anything that's giving you like I'm just I'm excited about this. I want to be part of that. Well, who's inspiring you these days? Yeah. Uh, you know, I just have some writer friends inspire me that are sort of like trooping along through this difficult time. Yeah. Um, and and I do look to the Dramatist Guild and my friends in the Dramatist Guild and things like this end of play program that keep me inspired, keep me trying. I belong to a writer's group um, just with some five other friends and we we because of this change to zoom world we meet every week now and we share our work with each other so it's really kept oh, me that, writing that's awesome yeah it's yeah. amazing and another good organization in atlanta that inspires me all the time is working title playwrights oh yeah um, yes. oh hank, yeah is that hank, hank kimmel Kate Kimball yeah. and Amber Bradshaw. Yeah, they oh, yeah. do great work there and they have good development opportunities for plays. They have great workshops. I'm doing a year long program with them right now that's about dramaturgy and Amber is teaching it and she's bringing in guest dramaturgs who have been so amazing. And so we're learning about everybody's different approach to dramaturgy. And that's what I, I really wanted to focus on that during COVID, like sort of improving my dramaturgic skills. And so, so that's why I registered for Amber's <laughs> class and it's been wonderful. They are they are awesome, both of them. That that organization. Yeah. Isn't such it's so cool to be in a place where there's so many resources around. You you mentioned the drama skill and one of the things that I remember from a few years ago that really helped me is I remember that there was a, a dramatist bill of rights that was yes. published. And I was like, I read that, I scanned it 
and I used it every time I was writing something about me as a as a writer. Like, what are my rights associated? I was like, this isn't a phenomenal thing. I thought that that was so incredible. And even this year during COVID, if I remember correctly, there was something that came out as opposed to the regular membership fee. It was a pay what you can kind of thing because they understood the hardship that yes. many of us were going through. And I was like, what an amazing organization that would even think of such a thing. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think I think all creative people, I mean, think about people in theater. We're, we get so excited when somebody wants to cast us or somebody wants to put yes. on our show that we sort of go blind all of a sudden, you know, it's like, what do you want? <laughs> Just do my play. I think we have to be careful about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was remarking to a friend of mine that over a decade ago I was in a play, like a small play at the Alliance at Black Box, and I had a night where I was just, I had this great thing where all of my castmates were like, "Oh, you were phenomenal, you were great, etc." So I leave and I go out. I'm on such a high, and then this guy t-bones me, you know, because he ran a red light. And I told the story, Laura, that he t-boned me, and that was a horrible thing. And I get out of the car, and I'm still on such a high that I go over and I shake the guy's hand. I'm like, "Hey, man, I know you, did. I know you're in trouble." But I was like in such a good mood. I was so excited. Like, I was like, "Oh, I'm still on my high." He was like, "Oh my gosh, are you all right?" The cop was looking at me like I was like literally high on something. I was like, "No, I'm just high on having a great day." And he's just like, "Your car got too long." I was like, "Okay," like, but I'm a playwright. That's right, I'm a playwright. But I'm okay. I, I, I thought that was so awesome. So you mentioned the play that you did, the the um, what was it, the Canal, uh, the Cayuga Girls. Um, when is that yeah. coming out? When is that? When is that um, coming? That's the one I was mentioning. That's going to be going up in Connecticut. Connecticut, yes. So that'll that'll be yeah. That's the one that's going on Connecticut. I've been working on some other things while I've been prepped in my house. So I, I wrote a, a, I have a first draft, a um, play. It's a mostly monologue play. Actually, that's the subtitle of it. But it's eight women. It's uncovered. And it, it's about, um, it takes place in a book club. And it's about women's relationship with each other through the books they read. Ah, and it's that's cool. told in mostly monologues, and I've loved it. So that's awesome. I, I've never, hopefully all the things I've ever written. I've, I've never written a monologue type play before, Laura. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I, I think that's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to do that because I've seen a lot of monologue plays. Some I don't like at all. Some I don't think work, and some I just am fascinated by. And I was like, hey, I think I need to experiment with this. Form. So it's fun to experiment with. Yeah, it, it, it really is. That's a great thing about writing is you can write so many things. I was part of a writer's group a number of years ago, and we were writing all these genres associated with something. And uh, the one, write, one genre I've never written for was anything that had anything to do with horror. And so I was like trying to avoid it. And they were like, because, you know, I was like, I'll write what I like, which is drama or science fiction or something like that. And they were like, no, we got no one that wants to write horror. So, Winston, you got to write it. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> how did that work out that way? Um, so I'm so excited about that play that you've got going in Connecticut. That's, that is fantastic. Um, how was your horror so, play? Did you, like, break through with your horror play, or did you just still hate it? They thought it was fantastic. <laughs> so for me, I was just like, eh, well, because my horror is a different kind of horror than 
I don't do like jump scare kind of horror. I don't think that's horror to me. That's just scary stuff. I do like more okay. cerebral kind of things. And this was more about someone's mental capacity as they went down in the depths of, of insanity. To me, that's horror. <laughs> that's, that's like real horror to me. Yeah, like, it's when, me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. For example, like that movie that was out a few years ago, The Joker, it was, I guess they called it a drama, but to me it was like a horror movie in a way, as you watch somebody be halfway normal and then they go down. To me, that's yep. scary. That's scary stuff. <laughs> so it was like that. They thought it was fantastic. I was just like, yeah, my next shot will be better. Um, but I, I, you know, as a writer, I think we do that all the time, don't we, Laura? Like when we write something for the first time, we like look at it later on, and or you see it later, you're like, man, that was good. Yeah. But I could have done. Something I know. Wrong. Yeah. And I think, but I think we learn something with everything we try. That's you right. know, yeah. I, I, like my really bad plays. I'm like, okay, well, I, I got something out of that. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, you were mentioning the two hours early and I thought about this book years ago. You probably are familiar with it, The Artist's Way. Um, I think the lady who wrote it, her name is Cameron, about getting up every day and writing anything every single day. And and yeah. you talked about your path. I was like, dang, Laura sounds like um, the book, The Artist's <laughs> Way. <laughs> um, so it's been great to have you here. And uh, I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to show your website and to talk about that a little bit. Okay, so cool. So we've got your website in front. This is a really cool website, and it talks about some of the things that you're up to. Anything on here you wanted to highlight to, to the audience? I see the Cayuga girls here at the top. Yeah, that's the one that's been there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I created my own website. I website just because I want to be able to update it. And, yes. you know, I don't want to have to pay someone to update the time. So that first yeah. is just the shows I have that are getting produced. Um, I've written, I like to write for young people a lot. So a lot of my shows for young people are published by youth plays. And so that's one coming up now. I know you are, but what am I? And that's the one, Meridan and the Mighty Oak, that I finished directing. Um, my play, yeah. Independence Day and Happiness, is the very first play I ever wrote and the very first play I ever got published. And it's, let's see, Who six is characters, four women in their seven. This was in Missouri? So, yeah. Oh, oh, oh wow. Who is that person in this picture here? That's a cool picture. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's great. I know. The publisher designed that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the publisher. Good for them. That was fantastic. You got a really nice list of great things here. Christmas Jubilee. You wrote a Christmas play at one point. That is amazing. I do. Yeah, I was. I wanted wow, to write that stuff that. I wanted to write stuff that got produced. So I started doing this look all over Georgia and, and you know different theaters. So I was trying to figure out, well, what a people. I'm like, well, everybody it seems like. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll write one. So good. That was awesome. How was that? How was it? How was it received and everything? Oh, oh yeah, this is coming up here. I see it's coming up in Newport yeah, News. It's, it's, at the end of this year. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's been done uh, local, 
Kali, um, it was done at Lion, and it's a oh. wild, crazy <laughs> show. Lots of, you can tell from that cover art, you know, everything happening all at once, sort of wild and fun. And so it was fun to write, and it's it's fun. I've directed it too. I directed it um, last Christmas. Yeah, this past Christmas in, in Forsyth, Georgia, um, at the theater. And so, so that was. It's always sort of fun, you know. Like I told you, I like directing my own work. It's kind of bad when you do it published because then you're like, "Oh no, I can't change anything." <laughs> That's awesome. You mentioned about having some of your work published through uh, stage rights. Um, was that correct? Did I catch mm -hmm. that right? How how was that process? Yeah, I was getting that. Going? And that's well, it's funny. I find that they. For me to break in to get anything is through contests. So the um, Independent State Happy Meadows won the SETC with Southeastern Theater Conference uh, uh, Stage Rights Ready to Publish Award. It won that, and because it won that, it and then it started getting produced, and I knew the publishers, so that's when I sent them my Christmas play, and they published that. And Cayuga Canal Girls will be published probably pretty by the end of the year, the beginning of next year, by Dramatic Publishing. That won the um, AACT play, New Play Fest. They pick six a year, six every two years. So that's how I'm finding breaking into publishing. That's, that's wonderful. So, like I said, it's been fantastic to have you here. I cannot let you go without asking a question that we've asked of the over 90-some-odd people that we've had on the podcast. We are coming up on our two-year anniversary, and we're going to have okay. a nice celebration of that. And you're obviously invited to it because you've been part of it. You've been part of the 90-some-odd episodes that Yay. we've had. Um, and so at some point, we are going to take a lot of these podcasts and put together an audio book. We're hoping to do that this year where it'll be just your snippets on what you think about things. And we're going to do that as part of Rising Tides Charity, which is our organization that powers uh, the Creativity Cocktail. And we're going to give it out to all creatives, anyone on planet Earth that want to hear about how to continue to be creative. But here's the question, Laura, and I need you to get ready for this question. Okay. Because this question is a pretty... Um, it's a pretty fun, but it's a pretty intense question. Okay. So the scenario is you are with a person and they are really struggling with their creative life. They're saying to themselves, I tried it or I started it or I want to start it, but I don't know what to do next. I'm having a challenge personally uh, in my life in whatever way that would be, whether it's relational, financial, physical, whatever that might be, and they go to Laura and they say, Laura, what do I do? What's my what's my next step? I want to go back to being my creative self. What's the first thing I should do? So what do you tell that person? I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. Give yourself two hours a night for a week and write about what you can out and write without stopping. I think that's what will spark you and what will, in a lot of ways, heal you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think a lot of times we go out of our way to think that the story that we need to find is somewhere else. Yeah. But the story is our story. Yeah. It's oh, I love that. We, yeah. is what we've been through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of who we are. And, and everything that I've ever written, and you probably feel the same way, Laura, that there's some snippet of our lives that come from out of our brain and shows up in the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been asked so many times, is this play autobiographical? I always get asked that. And I think every play is autobiographical. You know, how can it not be? You know, it comes yeah. from inside us somewhere. It doesn't mean it's literally autobiographical, but it's a part of us. That's right. That's right. And 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 I feel this, this way, and maybe you or maybe other people feel this way. But when you are finished and you have your work produced or just done, it's like you feel like you've given birth to something. It's not, oh, yeah. the it's not the same thing like an actual birth, but it's like you've given birth to something because you created characters. You've created a world. You've created some kind of problem that these characters had to go through to solve something. And that's what makes us all really great in creativity. And that every time you see a show, it's the same thing like getting an education, in my opinion. Going back oh, to your yeah. educator, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Our educational backgrounds, yes. That's right. That's right. It's like every time you see a good show, a good movie, a good TV show, it's like you got a little education. You're like your life, your spirit just got a little bit different because of mm -hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. And I miss that so much. I realized this year how much I was inspired by real theater, live theater. And I. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I used to make that joke all the time that live theater was like the real 3D, right? It's like the real, because you're really there. And it's an, an experience that no one else can replicate. You know, I love when you go to a theater, next thing you know, you're seeing people walk all around the stage and all the kind of, that's real stuff. So, Laura, it's been fantastic to have you. If someone wants to contact you, they want to hear more about you and what you're up to, what's the best ways for them to do that? Yes. So my website, which Winston has shown you, laurakingplaywright.com. Uh, um, you can out to me through the Dramatist Guild, which is um, just Atlanta at dramatistguild.com. That is awesome. So it's fantastic to have you. I hope we can have you on the podcast again. Yes, I hear you saying yes. <laughs> so, oh, Laura, it's been it's so phenomenal to have you. Everyone that's out there, you are a masterpiece. Every single day you create something, you are just put on a little brushstroke on who you are. Uh, we are so glad to have Laura King join us today. And for all of you out there, please keep doing what you got to do. And please make sure you're creating something every day every single moment thank you so much laura we will talk to you again <laughs>